This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I'm absolutely thrilled and so proud to be joined today by a guest that will be familiar to a lot of recruitment leaders across the UK. This is Neil Carberry who is the Chief Executive of the Recruitment and Employment Confederation. Welcome to you today Neil, thank you for joining me. Hi Alicia, well you know it's great to be on the podcast and uh, I, I know the pod's created a bit of a buzz around the industry so why not uh, try and elbow in on the party or at least elbow as far into the party as we can in these days. <laughs> Absolutely, that's what we have to do, I like that, it's a virtual party that we all want to be part of. Well thank you so much and for those who aren't familiar with the REC for whatever reason, please can you give us an overview as to what your body actually does? Yeah, so the REC is uh, the UK's professional and trade body for recruiters. So we have about 3,300 recruitment companies as members and about 10,000 individual members who have done our professional qualifications. We're uh, off-call regulated as an awarding body for recruitment qualifications. But I mean, really at the heart of what we do is transparency, standards, compliance and good practice for the industry and at one end of that we're talking to government all the time it's been quite a busy year for talking to government as you uh, you might imagine in fact just yesterday I was summoned to number 10 um, but there's also a lot of work to do on in terms of talking to the world about what recruitment does and particularly to clients about how to buy it well. So it's creating a best practice and I know that we were talking off camera about your sort of conversations with the, the government so that's a, a huge part of what you do but you know on behalf of all recruiters thank you so much for you know creating that best practice and you know we are going to make sure your, your links are attached to these um, broadcasts that people can have some more information if they're not already a, an individual or a corporate member of course as well so just to sort of put some context we're recording this uh, in lockdown three in January mm -hmm. 2021 I can't believe we're saying lockdown three. Um, what has the, so since COVID began in, in January to March 2020, what, what has the impact been so far on the recruitment industry? Let's put some context around that. So I think it's really important to start with where we were back in early March. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it's fair to say 2019 was a consolidation year for the industry. You know, numbers didn't shoot the lights out. If you think back to then, we were worried about Brexit, when, weren't we? Uh, we were concerned about the economic cycle. We were thinking that there, there was a global economic slowdown happening then. Uh, and, and so what we saw through that year was sort of less uh, high levels of growth than than, than maybe we've seen previously. If you think back to January 2020 in the UK, there was then a little spurt of enthusiasm because we had some certainty about Brexit. And you know, whatever you think of Brexit, businesses can invest against certainty, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent certainty. So we just had that sense that things were picking up again. And I uh, had a meeting the World Employment Confederation Board, which I sit on, that's the REC and the RECs from around, around the rest of the world. Um, on the 12th and 13th of March. And when I came back, what was pretty clear um, going through the message on my phone is whiteboards were just emptying. And we know recruitment's first into a recession. So a recession that comes on in 48 to 72 hours as the one that started 13th, 14th, 15th of March um, uh, will hit recruitment really hard. And that's what we saw, just whiteboards emptying and a real focus on um, you know, business survival, looking after the cash flow, uh, resilience through, and, you know, hours on the phone saying to people, look, hold your horses, we're working on something here with the other trade associations and with government, which of course turned out to be the furlough scheme, along with C-bills and all of the other, uh, 
other things. And I think for the REC, um, that was a, kind of a moment to test your mettle where you've got to really go in hard to get things that the industry really needs. And I think together with other business organizations, we managed to do that. For the industry, why that was important was essentially um, cash is always what matters in, in, in crises. Um, I'm fond of quoting uh, Park Arbery on this, who always used to say, uh, say to me, it's, it's like this, turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is reality. And so that cash management focus, big bit of what every recruiter was doing. As we saw probably um, temp recruitment dropped by about 40%, uh, peak to trough. I think um, Perm dropped a lot more than that and has been slower to recover. You can't quite see that in our latest survey because, of course, uh, Perm billing is spread over a longer time and takes longer to come to to come through. But the, basically, what we saw was a complete shutdown in March, uh, where people very focused on running their business, and then actually a surprisingly quick bounce back in temp which started to improve, I think, by the end of April. And some of that is what we're experiencing right now in this third lockdown, which is once you learn how to trade yep. in the, this environment, people get on with trading. You know, we can do people in recruitment and, and, and that picked up. So I think temp picked up steadily through the year, has continued to do so, per much, much slower, uh, definitely picking up in August and September by the what we call lockdown two which you know from the perspective where i know it doesn't feel much like a lockdown um there was a kind of a flat period rather than a, a drop back and now we're just uh, now seeing what clearly will be a bit of a drop back in january and march this year but i'm really confident that there's huge potential for a fast recovery in 2021 uh, all the signals are there and actually lots of the things that are happening in the economy are actually drivers to greater labour demand, not less labour demand through uh, 2021. And we'll go on and talk a bit about that. But resilience in the industry, big cash flow oh, uh, uh, impact, huge drop in demand in, in lockdown one, much quicker recovery from temp and perm. But I think, just finish on this. Uh, I think a real maturity across the industry. I think as an industry, we've stepped up and people say, what's my abiding memory from 2020? I think the maturity and the quality of the work that's done across the uh, industry is something we can, all, we can all be so, so proud of, whether it's you know, getting uh, nurses into the right places to support the healthcare, the healthcare sector, or whether it's logistics and keeping the food chain flowing. You know, the, the people used to say, you know, everyone loves to kick a recruiter. I haven't seen much negative uh, coverage of the recruitment industry in the last year, and that's down to the work that, that people are doing across the industry. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think the perception of recruitment has definitely changed over the last 12 months, and rightly so, that we're seen more as, you know, we're collaborators, we, we've created communities, whatever your sector is, there's a much better vibe of, of communication, isn't there, both internally yeah. as a sector and into ourselves, but also externally. So it's really nice that that's the feedback feedback that you get and so from and, and I appreciate that you know you're you're in a very you are in a very privileged position you get to sort of witness how business leaders are doing things well and I think you know one of the key things that came across from a lot of the podcasts I did last year was that you know the, the cash really is king and that the businesses that had protected the cash are, are probably in a much better position to propel forward as we sort of look to the future so you've definitely um sort of corroborated on a lot of those things so 
from what you observed and have observed so far, what, what would you say leaders can do to add value to their own internal businesses, but also to the industry as a whole? So what, what would you say has best practice looked like? What, what's good leadership look like to you? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, you know, we were just uh, talking off camera about the difficulty of uh, home learning. We both have um, uh, slightly stroppy teenagers uh, home learning at the, at the moment <laughs> in the rooms where we are. Um, just to just say, no, hang on. Yeah, the, um, the, I, I think there's a real need for humanity. And, you know, as a business leader, leave aside the REC as the kind of trade association, the REC is a... Uh, a business with 60 staff that I uh, that I, I lead you know inviting people across the business like this into my home to talk about what we're doing and understanding the challenges that they're facing in their day-to-day -day life that humanity has been really important to preserving a sense of direction in businesses because uh, truth be told you know we're sitting here recording this in January it's 10 months since I've seen some of my staff face to face. Um, it's been 10 months since we've had groups in rooms thinking about you know, big things that we want to do and achieve. Mm -hmm. So maintaining that sense of direction, I think has been really important for business leaders and the humanity element there is, is super important along with communication, getting the cash management right, clearly very important. And then the third thing is kind of not to kind of, get too lost in managerialism mm. make sure you are leading with a longer term view and I was very struck at our conference REC 2020 back in September um, when James Reed was talking about this and he he basically said look what better time than now to think about a bit of technology investment if you've got the cash and technology doesn't have to be hugely expensive what better time than now to think about how do I bring on my next generation of consultants to just position for the recovery. Mm -hmm. And I think if you've managed with resilience through this period and you're close to your clients, you've got to that space where clients are buying your services on value, not price, which is of course what we're all trying to do in the industry, then there could be a moment here to really take a leap. You know, when I uh, made some changes at the REC before Christmas, I, I said to the staff members, what I'm trying to do here is mold us into the shape that I knew we would need for the next two or three years, six months ago, but now we've got an opportunity to do it and to, to do it with a greater sense of commitment and that vision really matters, I think, to recruitment leaders at a time like this. Yeah, no, definitely. I th and I think that, you know, when you said that at the start of the, of the three points, you know, humanity, everything starts with that, doesn't it? And I think, you know, we, we as an industry have, um, people look over to see what we're doing. You know, we're the innovators and we're the educators to our end user clients ultimately. And I think that that for me is obviously I'm a, I'm a provider to the recruitment industry as a rep to rec. And I think that those that have really stood out for me are those that have, you know, accepted the challenges that we're, we're facing as working parents. It's not easy. You know, we talked off camera about that. It's, you know, the priority is definitely getting the children back into school. But for the time being, what can we do to help you? What can we do to support you? Um, and I think, you know, I, I do think it's about being brave and I think, you know, having a strategy around it and, you know, pivoting, you know, we've not talked about pivoting yet, but, you know, seeing where that opportunity is and, uh, the, you know, for, for me, from what you've said, you know, those leaders who are, who are clearly saying, look, you know, we are going to, let, let's look at a structure now so that when the recovery happens, we're, we're well positioned to do that. That thing about pivoting, I think is really interesting. 
Um, it's worth remembering that your client, your clients are typically TA professionals or HR professionals. Um, they are looking for the new map as well. And that's a huge pivot opportunity because in the line, the chief exec, the FD, the operations managers of the companies, the client companies that recruiters are working with, the world is changing quickly and the market is changing quickly. Yeah. And the people plan will have to change with it. Yeah. Um, and in, so you've got a lot of HRTA professionals who are looking for what that new people plan is. Mm. And, you know, what a great opportunity to, to get into that discussion with those long-standing clients where things are changing quickly, where you can really build and, and enhance the offer. I'm seeing lots of evidence of uh, the, the firms who have invested in having a discussion with their clients that goes, what exactly is the problem you're trying to solve right now? Um, that in those examples, that's where really interesting things are starting to happen. And actually influencing and, and consulting, which ultimately is what we're here to do, isn't it? It's almost like it's stripped, but the, the experience of the last 10 months has stripped back everything else that we're here to do. Technology hasn't actually proven to be our biggest threat. It's proven to be our biggest advantage because it allows us to focus in on the human element of what we do. And, and to you know, that adaptability is actually what will make you more successful as a recruitment leader. You know, adapting- I couldn't agree more. Mm. So someone sent me a great meme. I'll have to send it to you. Actually, a great meme where it was. It talked about you know you don't need to be the most intelligent person, but it's the what the one who wins is the most adaptable. It is a, it's a real quote, and I was like, I'm not going to be offended by the lack of intelligence part, but thanks for that. <laughs> I knew what she was trying to say. So in terms of you've talked about recovery, this this recovery. When's it coming? When can we wait? When can we expect it, Neil? We interrupt this podcast episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to tell you about our amazing sponsor. Hoxo Media are the world's leading content recruitment marketing agency, specifically for the recruitment industry. And they currently work with over 250 recruitment agencies, including key recruitment, and 3000 recruitment consultants to help them build out LinkedIn brands that then allow them to open up more opportunities by following a proven methodology every single day. Now in 2021, the hugely successful Hoxo Academy, of which I was part of, is changing. And they've now launched an eight-week personal brand launch programme, which can now help you roll out this methodology across your business. The Hoxo Academy is aimed at helping traditional recruiters, of which I am one, who rely on outbound calls to attract clients and candidates equally. Now, very often traditional recruiters actually lack the knowledge of how to best use LinkedIn, other than maybe posting jobs, you know, every few days, but then struggling with ideas and original content and also just confidence in terms of what to produce and how to produce valuable content. Now, we're living in a post-COVID world and we all know now that the world is truly digital. The modern recruiter needs to be equipped and have a unique and consistent LinkedIn presence that offers value to their community and drives opportunities inbound. The Hoxo Academy helps every recruiter in the recruitment agency that becomes part of the academy and helps every recruiter achieve this in just eight weeks, enrolling new cohorts of training at the start of each calendar month. So this is an exclusive deal for you, our listener. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is so proud to be sponsored by Hoxo Academy. 
that the deal is amazing. For the first 50 customers in 2021, they are offering you the chance to enroll unlimited users on this program for 12 months at no extra cost. So whether you're listening to this and you've got a team of 15 or a team of 500 and you're looking to hire more during 2021, you can rest assured that they will all get this training that they then need to build out their brand that wins business on LinkedIn. So please click on the link attached to this episode or alternatively DM me to find out how your agency can join this incredible programme. And having been a cohort member myself and a graduate of the Academy at the end of 2020, I'm really proud to advocate this phenomenal and really, I think, business critical Academy for every recruiter who wants to get the best out of LinkedIn and ensure that they also become inbound. Thank you for listening to this message. Enjoy the rest of the episode and do get in touch for more details. So look, I'm an, uh, I was a bit of a pessimist at the beginning of all this um, and I've gradually become more optimistic. Um, you know, my background is thinking about the British jobs market for years and years and years at the CBI and the Royal Pay Commission and, and so forth. Um, you know, we're looking at a world where unemployment probably peaks in the 7% range, which is a bit lower than it was in 2009. We know now that there are already shortage areas of the economy emerging. Uh, we know that we have lower inflow, at least for the short run, until what the rules are around immigration post-Brexit um, beds in. And we know we've already had a demographic challenge, which is essentially that we're currently replacing a generation who were born in the 50s and, uh, and increasingly early 60s with a generation uh, who were born around the millennium. And the truth of the matter is there are just fewer of them. Uh, so there's a there's a, a lean in the UK labour market at the moment towards long term constraint and talent shortage. So I think a lot of the themes that we've talked about over the strategic long haul in terms of you know how do you get your recruitment and retention strategy right? How do you uh, plan to bring people into the organization and, and to unlock their productivity, all that really high value professional services stuff that we know the industry wants to do a lot more of. I think that there's a wind at our back for that as soon as we get out of this period. And then the question is, well, how quickly do we get out of it? Mm. I'm a bit of an optimist there. Clearly we're in a recession at the moment. Mm. Uh, we, we will be in a rece recession roughly from, October when Q4 started to the end of March when Q1 ends. Um, but we bounce back very quickly. A couple of reasons why I think we bounce back quickly. One, this is a services economy and it's driven by the British consumer. Um, while there is real hardship in parts of the uh, in parts of our communities right now, and we need public policy to address it, by and large, because we've managed to keep unemployment down because people have lowered their spend over the last year, from about a third of the way up the income distribution to the top, households are sitting on, and this is a formal economic term here, sheds of cash. Okay. Right? And that cash will be sat on until such time as people are sure this is over. Yep. And when they're sure that it's over, 
some of that money will be saved and loads of that money will be spent. And that will be a major accelerant to the economy. And I think, you know, if you're an optimist about the vaccine program, as I think we should be, I think that is in Q2 and Q3 of this year. So the way way I see uh, the, the kind of headline demand in the economy going is actually kind of down a bit over this quarter, then sharply up through Q2, Q3, Q4, with some upward pressure on inflation. So you expect to see starting salaries starting to rise, as we did actually in our December uh, report on jobs, mm-hmm. and, and the labour market following that. And we've already seen, you know, we talked earlier about the bounce back we'd see, we, we, we had seen in job ads in the second half of the year. We've already seen that starting to happen. And even the stuff that you think might be a drag on the economy overall, you know, clearly Brexit paperwork is a drag on uh, uh, on uh, the economy. Um, there, there are upsides to that as well. A lot of what we're doing right now requires more labour input. It takes more labour input to order a, a, an ACADO delivery than it does to go to the co-op down the road. It takes more labour input to export now than it did before. Now, those may not be good things, or they may be good things, yeah. don't make a moral judgment but i do think that sense of labor demand strengthening quite sharply in the british economy through the summer if the vaccine program delivers is something that we should hold on to and on that i think we've actually reached a really good point now that's changed the debate because throughout 2020 it was keep the economy open versus tackle the virus and now the number one priority in both of those is one thing it's get the vaccine into people's arms yeah no absolutely i totally agree with you well it's it's very encouraging and and i think you know from what you've said clearly based on actual real data we can all sort of get get hopefully whatever sector you're in if you're in a um skill shortage market sort of brace yourself and make sure you're getting your talent pools ready and what about ir35 you know that seems Mm. to sort of be the unlucky cousin at the moment it doesn't get talked about quite as much as the other two things so, so where are we with IR35 and how, you, how do you think that's going to impact the recovery? So I think IR35 is a is a fascinating one because it's kicked back once and kicked back uh, again immediately with the onset of Covid and you know we are talking to the government now about whether April's really when you want to apply it but of course it's there's a slight challenge in that it, it can't be uh um, always winter, but never Christmas. To borrow the uh, the line, the witch in the wa- wa- uh, wardrobe thing. Although I'm not sure I thought if I finished anything like Christmas. <laughs> um, um, the the um, the challenge for government is that they're pretty set on it. I do think that there is a case for not going ahead in April, uh, particularly because the regulation of umbrella companies, which we think is absolutely essential to this happening well. And gave evidence with uh, a number of uh, uh, umbrella body representatives in Parliament just before Christmas on this. That regulation has to be in place to make sure that people who are compliant are properly protected from those who would bend the rules. Yeah. So you know the the REC line to government at the moment is, yeah, you, know, you should think about pushing back from April, particularly because you need to get this uh, uh, this regulation in place. Do I think it will happen? My advice to all recruiters is assume that it will happen in April. It is the law. It is on the statute book. Um, and I do think it will be, for a while, quite disruptive in some sectors. 
Okay. Um, and I think we can all name the ones that we think are uh, potentially open to uh, challenge. IT is obviously uh, obviously one of them. Uh, I think though there are some areas of the, the market where we should welcome the changes that are coming. I personally don't think someone who is a van driver for uh, 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 for one company most of the time is, a, is an independent contractor. I don't think they should be outside our, our IR35. So there is some elements of the cleanup which we should hold our hands up and say, we're coming for a long time. Yeah, you can't keep kicking the hand down the road, can you? It was definitely a long overdue, like you say. Well, and, and anybody that needs any more information, I know that your content is absolutely phenomenal, um, as, as, as you and, and obviously the REC as well, so they can get in touch with you. So All the stuff on my WYSINU website, but also there's kind of IR35 training and webinars and all the stuff that people would need. Definitely. No, and any, any, I can see on the sign behind you, anyone that's watching us on YouTube, so definitely. Yeah. This is this is this is first generation digital marketing, generation. Uh, as opposed as as opposed to second uh, generation, which is actually digital. But you know, it'd just be sitting around in the office, not doing anything. If I nicked it and brought it home, you might as well. For those who are listening, Neil's pointing to a, um, a very wonderful poster sat behind him. But it's fine. I think I'm all for incorporating old school and new school. That's what I think this is all about. So. For those who've uh, listened thus, thus far, have you got any final points of advice or recommendations to keep yourself as a leader and as a recruiter motivated and ready for whatever phases of going forward? So a few things. Um, Sarah Fulis, the REC chair, joined our webinar just before Christmas. And I think she started with kind of that humanity point that we discussed earlier, Alicia. Uh, not just about kind of humanity for your teams, but let's be clear, if you're a business leader, one of the overpowering emotions you have is actually loneliness. All the more so in the fact that we're all stuck in our offices uh, at home or our studies at home uh, or at a dining room table and not seeing colleagues mm -hmm. and not seeing our networks as much. Mm -hmm. So self-care matters. That humanity applies to us as leaders as well because we make better decisions from our rested minds. So first and foremost, have a plan for your own resilience. Secondly, then, have a plan for your team's resilience. And I think you mentioned earlier, we have to kind of accept that people will work very differently at a time where they have responsibilities to children that they're educating at home. Um, and we need to get out of the, this situation as quickly as we can, but in the meantime, work it through. And then thirdly, think about the long term. And for me, the long term is some of the stuff we've already discussed. Think about how we sell on value, not price, uh, and what that means for client relationships, teams around the client. Um, uh, thinking about the, the productive model of agencies. I've heard a lot of agencies talk about moving back towards 180 from 360 so that they can have teams that specialize in having multiple people care, caring for big clients because they had that experience when one a consultant went off on furlough. Yep. that it was actually quite difficult to deal with a, a client that had been their client for five, 10 years because the person who had the relationship uh, w w was gone. And think about how you invest in tech. Um, the, the challenge with um, uh, rec tech is not that there isn't enough of it. The tech stack potentially is enormous and vendors will tell you everything will make your business massively productive. So do think about how you buy, how you buy tech with confidence uh, using people who don't have an agency problem, i.e. they work for you, 
Um, we're thinking a lot at the REC about how we can support with some of those big business decisions. Um, we've just created a new team looking at business advice on stuff like this um, because, uh, you know, a kind of neutral arbiter on which technology will, uh, will really make a difference to my business and do exactly what you said earlier, uh, Alicia, about freeing consultants up to do the stuff that people do better. Yeah. I think that stuff is, really, is going to be really, really important. Definitely. Oh, it's all really fantastic uh, sound bites there. That's been really useful. And, you know, from one working parent to another, thank you for making time to join us today. It's been really useful. And, you know, hopefully when the lockdown's finished, we'll, we'll invite you back on and uh, see where we're at. But thank you so much for joining me today, Neil. It's been a real delight. Well, thank you, Alicia. And happy to join you anytime. And uh, happy new year to all the listeners. Uh, it is going to be better in, 20, in uh, 2021. Not least because the mighty heart of Midlothian are going to get promoted. <laughs> Manifesting to the universe. There you go.